Boys by Wiz Khalifa in Toronto. Were you at that tournament? Yes, I was there, so I can verify that's very correct because we were going Weedem Boys. There we go. Times, so. How was that? How did that stack up compared to Hey Baby? Uh, I would say they're probably a toss-up for the two best that I've uh, participated with or heard. So yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Yes. I didn't. Love, I liked Weedem Boys too. So I didn't like we, uh, Don't Stop the Party. Plus the atmosphere yeah, in Vancouver. That was terrible. Just yeah. wasn't the same yeah, as the other tournaments, to be honest. But that was probably one of the worst World Juniors I've attended, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It well, wasn't, it wasn't fun, especially when we lost to the Finns on the broken stick there. Yeah, I might pop out to Ottawa next year for the tournament. Yeah, I'm kind of planning on headed in. So now they got the two different venue, venues for the Ottawa tournament. Uh, that one's the outdoor venue, right? And then is that what yeah, they're doing in advance? I didn't know that they were doing an outdoor venue, but. I guess that would make sense because it seems to be from the yeah. from how it's uh, kind of stacking up. So that'd be cool. I don't think Cole. they really have <laughs> two buildings in Ottawa, to be honest with you. And the one is like thirty minutes outside of Ottawa, so it's not even really in Ottawa. So yeah, well, they did that in Buffalo, right? Uh, yeah. The outdoor stuff. Yeah, yeah I guess they a, did actually. Now that I think about it, they did have the one outdoor game with the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm just going off of what I what I think I can see from the tickets and yeah. stuff. And it seems like it's an outdoor uh, stadium, but we'll see. Uh, Ottawa in Janu- in December January is not exactly the <laughs> tropics, so we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> we're but, getting a, yeah. we're getting a little taste of it today. Yeah, I yeah. went to the outdoor game in Ottawa before, so I've experienced it. It's definitely not very warm. <laughs> no, no, not a, not f- that's for sure. Um, the uh, I also before I move on, I'm going to say the uh, other apologies to the Winnipeg Jets, uh, and I did take a lot of eat a lot of crow on social media over this for ranking them outside of my top ten before Christmas. Uh, you know that was uh, they they've had well, they're I, on yeah. a heater. Yeah, I think yeah. they've won eight or nine straight right now. So have they even lost a game in the last twenty games in regulation? Like they only have like they have uh, less than ten regulation losses. I think they're only one or two teams that have that this season. And I don't know if they've lost anything since November. Like uh, I, I, I don't know nine zero one in their last ten. So and it's eight straight they've won. And they were, yeah. they were, they, I think they had zero regulation losses going into the Christmas break in December. Yeah. So I don't think they've had a regulation loss since November. That's crazy. No. So, and you know, it's just, it's one of those teams that like they, they're not a stacked team by any means, but you know where they're stacked is you look, they, I think they have like almost 10 first round draft picks on that team. Yeah. And like I think yeah. a lot of them have been playing together for the better course of the last five or six years now, so they're yeah. definitely like you know rolling and kind of like the Canucks right now too, right? The Canucks sure. are kind of in the same boat because you got all these guys that are now finally jumping these sophomore slumps and really coming into their game and gelling together, right? Yeah, you're really showing what's needed to win in today's any like what's what's needed to differentiate yourself we talked about this in the last episode how deep the nhl is and so what do you do to get above those fifth that 15 team pack while the winnipeg jets and the vancouver canucks you know they've shown what what needs to be done to do that and uh you know showing up on the point sheet right vancouver's i think like six points ahead of vegas with no games in hand, by the way. So, you know, like that, that's pretty impressive in the Pacific Division. That's pretty dominant, right? So, yeah. And there was all that talk about LA, too, right? With all those games on hand they had. But now I think we've created enough of a buffer that even when yeah. they get, they can't catch us even, even when they get those games back, right? And so, LA is on a big slide right now. They're like seven yeah. straight they've lost. So, 
Oh, God. Well, I think they're just uh, they're coming back to reality a little bit, right? Yeah. And Vancouver, like I said, they, they live up in the clouds now. They've built homes up there. And well, <laughs> seven, seven straight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like the Canucks have only lost back-to-back games once this season, right? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've only lost once this season back-to-back. So they're, they've I would been believe doing a that. really good job of not Yeah, they've only got 11 regulation losses on the whole year. So right? there's not a lot of losses there. To be no. no, and, and the losses have all been to, except for the one loss to San Jose. And the fact that I can like know that off the top of my <laughs> head shows you that they're, they're losing to the right teams yeah. if there's a way to lose to the right teams, right? They are losing to good teams every time. Yeah, I think they lost to Colorado. They lost to Philadelphia twice. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, I can't really think of any other teams other than, yeah, so. Well, and Torts and Philly, like, that's a style of team that yeah. can shut down a team like the Canucks or the Jets. And, oh, and sure. I think a lot of the East Coast teams ha- have that, you know, that ability to shut down these top teams. So it's going to be an interesting Stanley Cup Finals, whoever ends up there. I'm not saying the Canucks are Stanley Cup final, but they're a contender. Oh, yeah. And I you have to say, I've got to admit, they're definitely a contender this year. Now, yeah, right? I was just going to say, yeah. at what point like, can we say that? Yeah, you yeah. have at We're this at the point. We're at the forty-two game mark, and they're the yeah. top team in the league right now. So yeah, it's not I, clearly not a fra- flash in the pan. No. I think the new management has definitely made some like good moves. Like all the depth guys they've brought in mm-hmm. have all contributed very well this year. So you can't oh, complain yeah. about anything they've done. Yeah, exactly. The depth is there, and was much needed. I don't think we realized how lacking the bottom six forward depth was until this season, and the bottom four uh, defensive. Uh, yeah. Depth too. Last right? year, you yeah. definitely seen these these problems, and they fixed it yeah. tremendously over the course of one year, for sure. So hey, uh, Tyler. So we brought in uh, Rexy here, and by, by the way, remind everybody your Instagram handle if they want to follow you after the episode. Uh, that's uh, TA World Tour. All right, and we are uh, at underscore Bush League on in- Instagram and Bush League Radio on Facebook. So the uh, the the World Juniors. We brought in Tyler to really help us through this uh, i mean i i know a lot about the world juniors i thought i did at least until somebody corrected me on the hey baby thing and now i just feel like i'm <laughs> missing the mark but T- yeah. tyler got the call out I was, <laughs> that was one of those okay that hey baby thing though was one of those like sinbad genie movie moments for me where i swore <laughs> it happened but and then it just didn't and then i'm like doing all the research i'm like man i could have swore that was the case the sinbad movie right you guys have heard about that on social right everybody talks about this yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, World Juniors. So, um, you know, what what was your take on the whole thing? Uh, to be honest, this year I just felt like a lot of the teams. It was just like probably one of the most average, like the players on every team. There wasn't like any standout stars. Like, sure, there were some good games and it was competitive, and it's nice to see like more parity with all the other teams like competing. But it was definitely one of the most lackluster tournaments I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, but I feel like it was a setup tournament for next year. Yeah. Like a lot of the time, except for the US who just came into their own, they they have a really good team there. And but they're gonna be a good team. Can uh, sorry, US and Sweden are gonna be a good team for the, probably the next indefinite, I don't even know, five years. Uh yeah. their their development program. They have that advantage where yeah. they get to they get to actually develop mm-hmm. uh, future NHL players without losing their eligibility to the NHL, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, where the Canada loses that a lot with yeah. uh, not having an NCAA in the U sports, uh, not being equivalent to the NCAA level. 
I also find it interesting that Bedard got injured right after the tournament. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, hey, maybe if he went in there and got his third straight medal, he might have came home and not got injured, right? But yeah, exactly. I, right? I personally don't understand why the NHL teams hold on to their players so much. I think for players' development, I think it helps them more to go into these situations and win instead yeah. of playing for a team that's at the bottom of the standings just to yeah. sell some tickets. Like. Well, oh, big time. as as a team, as an organization, you owe it to the player a little bit. You know the player wants to go, yeah. and Chicago's not exactly um, you know uh, winning popularity contests right now. So maybe getting in the good books with a star player like Bedard might serve yeah. some some goodwill down the line and and help with re-signing contracts. So I, just because of that alone, I hope that uh, you know they lose him. Uh, that he resigns another team or or whatever the case may be. I know they've got him locked locked up there pretty good, but you know, uh, yeah. we'll, well see. Well, listen, if they had sent him to the World Juniors, it would have helped their uh, it would have helped their goal of of getting that number one draft pick next year, anyways. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it would have been beneficial. Might as well help both guys, right? Or Imagine if San- if uh, if uh, Santorini and um, and Bedard end up on the same squad in Chicago. That'd be cool. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, both North Shore Winter Club guys, right? No doubt. They must have a lot of experience together. So, um, yeah. So the Canucks uh, had a good number of prospects at the World yeah. Juniors this year, especially for uh, Team Can- Team Canuck, Team Sweden. There, uh, we had Jonathan Lidermacki. Uh, he was named a tournament MVP with uh, seven goals, three assists on ten points. And you know, for the for the Swedes, the du- the Jagarden Trito were impressive the whole way through. They combined for 10 goals, 22 points in the tournament. And, you know, I really liked the way they looked. And, uh, you know, with uh, – um, oh, geez, what's his name now? Anyways, but, yeah, I, I really liked the way they looked as a trio. And, I mean, when you have that chemistry at the World Juniors, it helps. And, yeah. you know, Sweden was my pick at the start of the tournament, but that didn't pan out because they just got beat by a better USA team. I also feel like, yeah, sure, USA was better, but at the same time, it's like you're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you consistently get to these playoff ground games. Oh, the and referees since 2012. Yeah, it's like yeah. when when does someone on Sweden just step up and just you know it's a one game one shot. Like look what yeah. happened to Canada. They lost to the, obviously not the better team. Yeah, they couldn't score a goal, mind you, in the third period for the life of them. But and then next thing you know a puck bounces off a stick in the net and they're out. But, yeah. Yeah. Who on Sweden, you know, like sometimes you just got to step up and take it to that next notch in one game and win the win the medal for once. But uh, I don't know. Sweden does, doesn't seem to have it in them, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, right? I mean, the track record shows that they're just not able to get to that level. But, you know, I mean, it, we were well aware they were at home. The referees reminded us of that constantly. Well, <laughs> the officiating also in this tournament was terrible it usually is terrible to be honest but it was yeah. super terrible this year as it was well. so yeah. suspect i mean the fact that you have to go upstairs and talk to mommy and then call back your penalties is proof right there in the pudding that the wrong officials were selected to officiate these games and i mean i'm sorry but if sweden had won a gold there those guys would never have to pay a drink again in their lives <laughs> yeah. in sweden they they definitely stole stole the show for the guys a few times I like. I also think this whole like calling back penalty things. It's it. 
Yeah, that's a little weird. They need to get rid of it. It's yeah. suspect. It's almost it's like garbage and brutal. All the, even in the NHL nowadays, you've got all these calls going back for offside and for goaltender yeah. interference. None of them are ever consistent. You never it, know uh, what the hell's going on. It's, it's like, just turn, get rid of it. It's, it's going to turn into an NFL game where it's going to be like a three and a half hour game and nobody's going to want to watch it. It's literally turning the game into a farce, in my opinion. Well, just, I think the worst part about just it. Just call it a goal and move on. Yeah. yeah. Like, and the worst part about it is like, there is a human element to the game. I think that's what makes hockey so great. Like someone misses an offside call, they miss an offside call. Sometimes yeah. it's close. Like those things happen, right? Like calling back pen- or penalties. Yeah, like there were there were times there I were don't know. yeah the, calling back penalties. It's just like, weird. Yeah, way like worse. it's blatantly like there were, obvious. It should not be around. But yeah. th- there were times there where I was just like. Where we got called on a penalty, I'm like, okay, fine, don't go upstairs. Let's just keep the game going. I'm like, usually I'd be like, yeah, call it back, call it back. But I was just like, just let's move on. Come on, man, this is getting ridiculous. Especially with the early morning games and stuff. I was just like, man, I'm up at six in the morning. I don't even want to be like, come on, get to the get to get the next moving. whistle. Let's go, right? Uh, but uh, hey, I got an interview I want to play uh, from Patrick Alvin. Uh, he was interviewed, talked about the Swedish players at the World Juniors for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Tom Wielander, uh, and EPD, Elias Pedersen defense, as I like to call him, or as Kenny likes to call him, EP42, um, because he's EP40, but number two, oh, yeah. the second one of them. Anyways, I, I like mine better, EPD, right. it flows uh, off the tongue, it flows. Right. I got the microphone, so you're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, let's cue that up. First, want to start with maybe taking a trip down memory lane because you did play for Lexens at around the 2000 era, so you would have played for Lunda in this building. So, are you having any flashback memories here, being back in this rink? Oh, it's always nice to be back here. Uh, not one of my favorite buildings. It's it's loud, but it was also warm in here. We look at the Sweden team in particular for the Vancouver Canucks. Three draft picks. We look at Lekaramaki, Peterson, as well as Vlander. I don't know if we want to chalk this up to the Sedin effect, but what is it with the volume of Canucks and Sweden? The Sedin effect. Yeah, <laughs> our scouts uh, obviously did their homework. Uh, very pleased how they perform here in the tournament. Uh, great to see Lekaramaki in his third tournament uh, taking a big step and taking shots and being a leader of the team here. Uh, great opportunity for uh, Tom Willander to come back home after a year in Boston University and uh, Elias Pedersen has been a steady present on the back end there so I would think that uh, the Sedins have an effect on, uh, on all the Vancouver suites. Well it's been fun to watch but I do want to focus in on Jonathan Lekaravaki. Now four goals in five games, he's just like a step above. So in your eyes, what does his NHL timeline look like? You know what, he uh, had a good uh, season here in Sweden. He's been working hard this off-season. Another eight months from him, and we're excited to see him in training camp. Uh, you know, once the season is over, we hope he's going to join uh, Abbotsford, and, uh, and uh, we take it from there. Okay. We appreciate your time. Uh, so thank you, you, very so much. you heard awesome, him say baby. there, yeah, we're awesome. going to have a, a new guy in Abbotsford to look forward to. I've seen some highlight reels of him just, like, goofing oh. off and doing, like, breakaway stuff like this these young guys are so creative on the breakaways right they practice the the penalty shots and the well the the, the uh shootouts right so it's pretty cool he looks super talented you look great in the tournament and uh, i mean the canucks i mean the, I, I hear that they have like a scouting office over there and it's bigger than like the canadian consulate <laughs> it's like <laughs> i'm just kidding i can't be true but it's probably true i don't know anyways um yeah we talked about the so, th- so what did you think of Alvain's comments there, Kenny? Uh, you know what? I 
first of all, I really like the fact that he brought up Lakaramaki and his third tournament and really taking a step forward because I think that was one of the things we talked about at the last uh, on the last episode was really looking at his transformation in the World Juniors because the last couple times there was a lot of focus on him, a lot of people watching him, and he, quite frankly, I feel he underperformed. This time yeah. he looked really good, and there was a lot of questions about him with his injury. Um you know, the issues he was having uh, back in Sweden where he was playing, I think he really solidified himself as a, a really good, like, the prospect that the Canucks thought they were going to get, they saw in that tournament. Yeah. And, and I and like that he brought that up, you know, like really seeing him take that step and that leadership part, just, yeah, awesome. And it's funny you talk about that because he's 19 now and Tom Willander is uh, 18. So, you know, are yeah. we going to see a similar uh, development, right? Is he going to all of a sudden start shining next year? He had three points in this tournament, a goal and two assists. So not not a bad showing for an 18-year-old player for no, Team Sweden. No, And you know what? I, I've heard that um, he was quite impressive too on the defensive side too as well, right? Which is really yeah. nice to see. So, And Pedersen, EP, EP42, uh, he... Uh, uh, was he a fifth round draft pick? Yeah, he's he's sur- yeah he was fifth round. He's surpassing expectations. See, Kenny keeps doing this. He always, anytime he wants to make a statement, help. anytime I'm he wants. For help. Okay, well then, uh, yeah. All right, all right. I'll I'll just just I'll look at kidding. Sam. Okay, I'll look at Sam next. I'll look at Sam next time. <laughs> yeah, he'll check for you. It looks but like you're no. trying to get me to put my foot in my mouth every time, man. I, I tell might, you, I might be. No, yeah. so you can be the scapegoat. Exactly. <laughs> I'm. He's always right, and I'm the one that looks like a fool on social media. I have to eat all this crow and. You know, have you're, my hey, you're better. You're better than me at firing back. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't. I just go, yeah, you're right. It's bush league after all. Uh, but, but anyways, yeah. yeah, no, I really like like what he said, and I love. I'm super excited to see uh, Lakaramaki come back uh, yeah. to Abbotsford. That or not come back, but come to Abbotsford. Come to Abbotsford. That's and it'll be, be so rated cool. around the playoff time, which will be oh man. That's going to be so cool. Hey, can't wait. Call man. the cup run, baby. Call the cup run. Obe. Yeah, Let's yeah. See it. I could see it happening this year with the team we've got. Um, sure. But we're going to be making the playoffs as well for Vancouver. So we're not going to get any of that uh, help we got last year, right? Well, I don't want to, you know, but jinx yeah. it. But it seems like we're making the playoffs. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, but last we year we got a lot some. of help on that, right? And. True. Uh, hey, I wanted to touch real quick on the U Sports compared to NCAA. Uh, I'd like to try and maybe get um, maybe get Mitch Bartz, Bartley on uh, Bartz there on a future episode to talk more about this because he played for UBC squad after yep. he left the Giants. And uh, for those that listen to the to the show regularly, uh, Mitch Bartley has been a guest co-host in the past for a couple episodes. So it'd be good to get him to come on and talk about that. But there seems from, as an outsider looking in, there's a big disconnect between NCAA caliber and the U sports program in Canada. NCAA seems miles ahead in big terms time. of the caliber. So do you have any insight on that, Ty? They have more money. Well, that too. Yeah, yeah that's, right? true. I mean, that's, that's true too. Probably your, the first thing you got to look at, right? Obviously, uh, the Canadian university or college system is not nearly on the same level as an American one. No. There's a lot more money, a lot more people. and mm-hmm. Well, even just one foot, like even if they're funneling from the football program into other yeah. NCAA sports, they've got 100,000 people in those stadiums. They, they, they so could the take, it's they just could like take 5% of the football money and put it towards the hockey thing and you're already miles ahead, right? One program could put yeah. 5% of the football money towards their hockey program and they'd, be, they'd have all of the funding of youth sports in Canada combined. Right yeah, for so all for go, all right? sports, right? Yeah. Like it's just crazy because so. they're pretty crazy about their football and the college yeah. in the United States. That's for sure. 
But you know what? Moving on from youth sports, but I want to just give a shout out to my alma mater, the Nipissing Lakers. I was there for their uh, inaugural season. I still got my inaugural season jersey. I'm going to wear it on whatever episode we do decide to discuss youth sports, but shout out to the Nipissing Lakers, uh, my alma mater there in Ontario. Uh, moving on to Winter Classic. Always such a great time. I, you know what? I think this time around, I was just, I think they're just lucky it didn't pour rain. Anytime they do oh, it up man. here on the West Coast, on the wet coast, <laughs> well, they're, they're kind of a pinch of fabric. Uh, taking that chance. And I think the only other time they've had it out here was in Vancouver in 2011. Yeah. It was actually on my birthday, so it was kind of cool. But um, they had the dome shut, so technically it wasn't even an outdoor game. Yeah. And it actually snowed, rained. It was like a slushy snow rain. So, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so let me ask you this, because you've been to um, different Winter Classic games. Every time they talk about the Vancouver one, they always talk about how disappointing of a Winter Classic game it was. How did you feel it was in comparison to some of the ones you've been to? Um, to be honest, yeah, like it. Well, it wasn't outside. Like, yeah, you can't have a game inside. Like, it's a stadium game, but it's yeah. not a Winter Classic. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, the dome. Like, they probably should have had it in like January or something, not March, because it's springtime. There's more rain. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. The odds of raining in January are less, but still, even then, it still would have been more of a winter thing too, right? Yeah. It's not winter in Vancouver in March. No, it's not. No. So the Spring. timing was off for sure. And yeah, and I don't know. Even then, when you watched it on TV, it didn't look like, no. you know, like, like, like no. Seattle's just down, down the coast and, I mean, the game looked phenomenal. On oh, they TV. did yeah. a great job, but they also had some effects in there. You know, they had True. like the the wraparound graphics were all painted white, right? They're giving that yeah, effect yeah. that it's. Meanwhile, it's like ten <laughs> degrees outside Celsius from our American folks listening. It's ten degrees Celsius at the time. I think the, it was. Uh, right? Other thing is that because you had a dome over you, you couldn't like see the outside, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So that just took away from the the, the effect, the aesthetic of the whole game, and like the well, the lighting the atmosphere that you know I'm used to at these outdoor games mm-hmm. so it was just like yeah it was definitely different and then the other thing is that who was it the coach was was it tortorella then it was towards yeah, yeah. so torts played lack and then yeah, you know, yeah. It just put a really downer on the whole situation canucks were up i think two nothing and then That's blew just, the game yeah because yeah. lack led in three softies and, yeah and then luongo never played a game for the canucks again so yeah Jeez. that's yeah. right he left right after that he said okay i'm done that's yeah that was right. a that's bit of a right. patrick waugh situation right like i know that kind of different situations but yeah and i i i was in the same boat because like you know it was my birthday i'm all happy we're going out there i had a whole party bus it was this big thing and then no you're not playing luongo so i i think i watched the first period and then i spent the the rest of the game in the the hallway just drinking so <laughs> I well, gave up I said you suck lack and then, yeah I just I was booing lack the whole game that's well, how I felt so T-Mobile was electric yeah. uh, down there in Seattle I think they didn't disappoint they did a good job and a big 3 nothing win for the Kraken in that one they really needed that to get back on track and yeah, yeah I, I mean they, they've won 8 straight I don't know if that's from if they've oh, lost since then, start but they're there? on an eight straight win streak right now as wow. well. So yeah, yeah. So many so. hot teams in the Pacific right now. It's it's kind of uh, scary, right? But, but as long as the Canucks keep winning, 
they'll be fine. I think it was actually Tyler that said that a couple episodes ago. He's like, well, as long as they keep winning, they won't have to worry about the teams that get hot. Because I was talking about the Edmonton Oilers getting hot. and yeah, Which they're very hot right now very as well. So. Yeah. well that was Nine a, straight wins for them. So Last well, time you were on, I said don't count out the Edmonton Oilers. Now yeah. here they are, right? So Well, that's how important it is to get off to a good start too, right? Like it's These guys are going on nine-game streaks, eight-game streaks, and they're they're still they're still fighting in the standings, right? Yeah. So well, enough talking about these other teams. We're here to talk about the Canucks. Let's That's do what it. we are. We are a Canucks podcast after all. So, <clears throat> Andre Kuzmenko, uh, I I think he needs a new nickname. I think he needs to be called just the Tip Kuzmenko, just the Tip, because uh, he leads the NHL in tipping goals since joining the league. But you know, there's a there's a certain part of that that's kind of fitting with how he's played this year which is there's a laziness to a tipping goal a little bit it's just right place right time right but they are very skill uh it, it's it's a certain skill set that's required to do that so that's a feather to to kuzmenko for sure uh but you know he's been playing better of late i think uh mm-hmm. but he seems to be better conditioned now than he was at the start of the season and uh you know rutherford was quoted uh saying in the press that he wasn't in hockey shape uh, to start the year and to go. I mean, too many of those Nutella waffles last year, I think. And, uh, you know, Russian players tend to do this. They get gluttonous when they arrive here in North America, and they just kind of uh, get a little carried away with all the fatty foods, and that just tends to happen. But I'm taking a bit of a new angle on Kuzmango. I know everybody's, like, riding for a trade right now, and I was one of them, too, in the last episode. So, But I'm allowed to flip-flop, you know, and who says I have to be set in my way. Um, <laughs> I kind of hope we keep him right now. And... My rationale behind that is I think he has potential, you know, to be a top line winger and I I think he needs a little time to get his conditioning under control and improved and fall into the pocket pocket. And uh, you know, with the inconsistencies this year, um, you know, he probably wouldn't break the bank on a re-sign, right? If we get another contract from him uh, in a couple seasons there, I think he's up for contract at the end of next season. Um, you know, we could we could maybe get him at a good price, and then he'd be a good value player uh, into his early thirties. I don't yeah. know, just a thought, and I think you. Well, you don't score forty goal, almost forty goals by accident, right? So you know he's got that skill set, and just exactly what you said about the talker pocket. I'll say, currently he's playing hockey. He needs to play talkie. Oh, oh! And when a- he starts playing talkie, then we'll be. Uh, then, then, then he'll, uh, yeah, he'll start putting us. Gotta points. start playing some talkie. All right. <laughs> uh, speaking of talkie, uh, my turn to talk now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, PD's heating up too. Yeah. Right. Great road stand so far. I think Canucks Army put out on their social web uh, almost 80 minutes in four games wow. playtime. Uh, seven goals, five assists. Canucks are up 14 to four in his minutes on the ice in scoring. So. You know, uh, looking really good. I loved his game against the Devils, and obviously last night's heroism uh, definitely showed up. Right? I think he had two goals, two assists last night, didn't he? Four-point game or something like that? Yeah, he had a pretty good road trip all around. Yeah, all around. Yeah, And that goal, oh, man. I, yeah, it was a pretty nice goal. Uh, was that the Rangers game? It trickled in, but it was, that still, was, cool, it was though. still a nice yeah. goal, though. Yeah, yeah. that but was pretty nice. Great game against the Devils the other night with, with, with the Devils wearing the, the jersey jersey. 
which uh, always makes me chuckle. I don't know if that's supposed to be a pun <laughs> or if it's just <laughs> horrible planning on their part, but it's it's ridiculous. It makes me laugh every time I see it. I don't even uh, mind them to be honest. I like the colors. I like the colors. Uh, I just think it's ridiculous. But yeah, to have I never kind of yeah, says, it says jersey. jersey. On it. I never really thought about that until now. I was kind of like wondering, looking at the sheet here. I'm like, oh, what same is, here. What does I was he like, mean what? by the jersey jerseys? I'm trying. I'm googling, trying to figure it Got out. It. But now I get what you're saying. Got it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, and then, you know, everybody's still talking about the Kuzmenko trade talks. And with the lotto line playing the way it does, that definitely wow, enhances eh? the trade possibilities of getting a, a good sentiment out there with the, within the league. Uh, that could really fill in the void. You know, the lotto line. Uh, six, number six, number 40, number nine. For those that don't already know this, I'm sure, you know, if you're a Canucks fan listening, you know about the lotto line. You know. Um, I think the Canucks have definitely had a lot of, like, uh, good line nicknames over the years though they have they've actually had quite a few like dating back to the west coast express but i'm sure there was more before that but to be honest that's when i first kind of started like really watching the canucks because i more grew up on the oilers but the west coast express is like my first like yeah that was a good one then there was the mattress line right yeah Yeah. 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 two twins and a king yeah Yeah, i recall but yeah well what i like about uh what I like about these these uh, nicknames for the Vancouver for the Canucks uh, lines is that they take something that's relevant to the West Coast culture and then mm-hmm. throw it in there. So like the you know the West Coast Express, people yeah. outside of Vancouver still call that the West Coast Express. They have no idea what the West Coast yeah, Express no, is. No, exactly. no, absolutely. They don't know that yeah. it's a commuter train here in Vancouver, right? But it's like. That's so cool. I love that. And the lotto line, it's like 640 and 9. Somebody living outside of BC would have no now, idea what that means. I also wonder if the same guys coming up with all these uh, line names <laughs> <laughs> might have to track them down. That would be awesome. <laughs> if it's the same guy, he just sits there and comes uh, up with puns. Yeah. He's it's, just, like, it's his goal in life to just come up with the most puns for... Uh, or, or it was Lions in the NHL. <laughs> or it was for or it was one guy and he just went insane after about fifteen years of doing it and passed <laughs> the mantle to somebody else who's now yeah. who's now the new pun guy for the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> hey, I could serve that role, Kenny. We should compete for we, that, man. Hundred you know, percent. Um, you got good me. idea. Well, we got the, we we've coined the Green Giants with my with uh, Tyler Myers and Zadaroff. We've okay. we've coined the Double Ds with Demko and DeSmith. Oh, like these sense. are good puns, you know. Yeah, these are good yeah, nicknames. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Uh, you got the talkie pocket. The talkie pocket. Talkie hockey. Talkie hockey. Talkie yeah. hockey. Now yeah. there you go, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 164 goals for for the Vancouver Canucks it leads the NHL I, by a lot. Yeah, I believe that's still tops in the NHL. It's you know on the like, like the regular radio or whatever you want to call it. Seems to be like an ongoing topic of whether they're going to be able to continue that or if it's going to slow down but like from what i'm seeing i don't think they're gonna slow down anytime soon so <laughs> well brock Besser with another two goals scoring you know, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. just like they just keep stacking on these goals they just keep getting putting the puck in the net and, and when no they're not their bottom six are right yeah. and if they improve with a with a kuzmenko trade like it's only gonna go up oh, right man, yeah so but neck and neck with the jets uh for first nhl and uh Hey, the All-Star voting did uh, close. I haven't checked that yet today. Look at me. Yeah, I haven't checked it either. Oh, so. can you Maybe take, Sam can, can, can help us look, out Sam, there, bud. Just look up um, All-Star voting for Canucks. Let's see who, who got in. Because I saw that last time I checked, um, Miller, uh, Besser, and PD were all in the running. They were in contention. Obviously, I think Demko got in for sure because he was yeah, top he of was the goaltending well voting. Well ahead. Yeah. yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, he's just... Uh, 
he's made an insane save against New York the other night. It was just stretch yeah. the pads. Oh yeah. Oh, he's made so or many. I guess actually maybe that, maybe that was against year. Sydney Crosby. Now that they think about it, yeah, well, oh, it was Pittsburgh, not New York. Yeah, it was right on Sydney. Yeah. So that was last night then. Yeah. Well, he's made some big saves in this road trip, yeah. right? Well, like game saving saves. That was another big reason why the Canucks didn't do very well last year. One, they had an AHL team, but two, Demko was out like the whole season, so. Oh, it's not, it's being announced on Saturday. Uh, oh, the voting the voting stopped. Okay, at so midnight last now night. Now they're gonna wait to let okay. us know on Saturday. Well, Probably have some thirty minute special about it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have the referees come down and yeah. call back the goals. It'll go on for forty five extra minutes. Yeah. Well, anybody follow us on the social media. We'll make sure we get that out there as soon as it's posted. The results and uh, or follow the Canucks or the Abbotsford Canucks. They always post that stuff as well. Um, the um, yeah, we mentioned the yeah Demco probably in. So let's move on to Abbotsford. Unless you guys have something more to say about Vancouver before we move on. Oh, I'm no, man. I think we're good. I think they're speaking for themselves at this point. So. Yeah, <laughs> well, hey, exactly, you know, right? you know what? One thing I will say though, whoever whoever thought that at the 42 game mark of the season we'd have Vancouver and Winnipeg at the top of the league. Not me. No. I don't think too many people. Like no. To be honest, I thought the Canucks had a chance to start this season, but I didn't think that they were going to be as good as they are, obviously. And, it, and and who – the goaltenders on both those teams, Hellebuck and Demko, both American. Yeah. And to think oh, if they – It just scares me to think about team – you know, like about the U.S. with – oh, man. Well, they're both NCAA, uh, both yeah. NCAA graduates, I believe. And, yeah. uh, you know, like it just shows you the strength of the development in the NCAA. Yeah. I also think, uh, like, you go back to when Besser or Miller could have been traded. Yeah. And then Horvat gets traded, and Horvat's the captain of the team, and now all of a sudden all these guys are gelling together. So maybe Horvat was the weak link after all. Cause, yeah. yeah he, to me, he was always, I don't know, overrated. Like Yeah, yeah. I me and Carl, we had this debate. in 2015, and I was never convinced on him. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it turned out. I mean, I was never a big Horvath fan. I came in... So when I started watching hockey, it was like Besser's rookie season. And so Horvath had been on the team for a while. So I had no yeah. like, attachment to him. And so it was kind of like, eh, Horvath, pretty cool guy, but not my favorite. And then Miller comes in, and he becomes like my second favorite player. And yeah. it's just it's gravy from there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think those two players just weren't gelling as well. Uh, and yeah. there was a battle in the locker room for who... Like, I know Miller's not the captain, but he's a leader on the team. And uh, he leads he leads by example, but he's not um, necessarily a guy that's going to carry the team, right? Yeah. He's just not that. Type and of well, player. now Hughes is the captain, and they're both Americans, so I don't know. Maybe it's working better than having a Canadian and American. <laughs> maybe they just weren't seeing eye to eye, I guess. But I don't know. That's yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, I just want to point that out. Yeah, but no, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. into Abby, man. So all this talk about the All Star Game for the NHL, uh, the AHL. A lot of people don't know, also has an all-star game. And, um, you know, R. Steve Baines has been named to the Pacific Division team. That's going to be coached by yeah, the... Surrey what? Yeah, yeah. Surrey what? <laughs> shout well out deserved. To, well shout deserved. out to Surrey, Surrey Hockey here. And, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, Trent Cull, our former coach here in Abbotsford, he's going to be coaching the Pacific team. He's the... Coach of the first place Wranglers right now, obviously, and uh, so he'll be riding that into the Pacific Division team. Uh, the format for the All Star Challenge in the AHL, for those that aren't aware, because I wasn't even aware until I 
Googled and researched it. It's uh, usually pretty similar to the NHL one, but I know that there's some differences. Well, they're doing a four, uh, four division teams will participate in a three-on-three round-robin tournament featuring uh, six games, ten minutes, ten minutes each. Uh, the two teams with the best records at the end of the round robin will face off the championship, a six-minute three-on-three game. So kind of cool with that format. And um, they're gonna, you know, the they're gonna do the skills competition the day before, just like they do with the NHL. And uh, that'll pit the stars from the two Eastern conferences against the two Western conferences uh, in a seven-skill event. So that's going to be on February 4th uh, and uh, February 5th. And just uh, stay tuned to our social media. We'll put some information on where to catch that. I think it might be on AHL TV. But, yeah. It's usually on, like, uh, Sportsnet or TSN, too. Oh, do they? To For that one? You. Yeah, I've cool. seen it. I usually watch it every year, so it's usually on some kind of nice. uh, network TV as well. Awesome. Yeah, I know it was it was on hold for a couple of years during COVID. They didn't actually do it during the COVID years. Yeah. So that's when I really started to get fully into AHL and when we started the podcast. So yeah. uh, I haven't caught a lot of those games. Uh, so it'd be cool to check it out this year, especially with Arshdeep down there. And we'll be rooting them on. Arshdeep yeah. Baines. Bum, bum, bum. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, the notable mentions so far this season. For the Abbotsford Canucks, we've had Sheldon Dries. Uh, he leads the team in 13 goals. We mentioned R.S.T. Yeah. Baines at 29 points. Uh, Sheldon Dries, I made the bold prediction in the last episode about him catching up in the goal-scoring tally. <laughs> that hasn't come to fruition so far, but never count him out. The guy dominated the AHL a few years back when he spent the whole season here. So let's see. If he gets on a tear, he could be one of those guys that scores another you know, 15 goals, uh, kind of 15, 20 goals to finish out the season. So... We'll see where he ends up at the end of the season. But uh, Aduradu also uh, continuing his great season in yeah. Abbotsford. And uh, I'm glad to see him developing because, you know, he's one of those players that just got brought up too early. The Islanders kind of almost killed him. Like, uh, you see that so many times, especially in those East Coast teams in the NHL. I don't know why they tend to do that. They bring players up early, and it just kills their potential. But, you know, the Canucks are doing a really good job of being patient with the player. Well, when you have a team that's first first place in the Pacific, one point behind NHL lead, you can afford to be a little bit patient. You don't have to rush yeah. players up. Uh, even though it doesn't seem to be getting in the way of Calgary not rushing players up for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. But they're, yeah. do you think they'd be trying to create more? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> what's going on in Calgary. But, hey, they love their AHL team in Calgary. They're winning. Yeah. Leading the, leading well, they the play Pacific. in the same building too, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they get more play, more people out to their uh, uh, their uh, <laughs> AHL games. Oh gosh, that's actually not true. But uh, I'd like to think that it is. But Dustin <laughs> Wolf, you know, he's just a stud. Keeps playing well. But there yeah. again, like he's their key in Calgary for the Wranglers. But he's not. Uh, he's not really NHL starter caliber. So it's not like he's going to go into Calgary and make a big impact for them. Uh, sorry for the Flames. It's always tough when they're in the same city because I yeah. can't refer them as a city. It gets confusing. It's just like having the same team name, <laughs> like the Canucks. It's confusing. Yeah, but. that one's a little strange too. But yeah. couldn't think of anything other than the Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I thought the Real Aviators original. was a good one. Somebody brought up Aviators, Aviators and then throw yeah. the V on its for the A. Yeah, would be cool, right? I thought the Aviators would be a cool name. It matches with the Abbotsford Air yeah, Show. Well, they and had the, the Air Show out here. Yeah. And the, only other airport in the mainland that's like really 
where you can catch a flight, not just like fly your little planes or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not like a float plane out of Pitt yeah. Airport or something, right? Like, uh, but yeah, uh, I also want to mention uh, Wooly Wooly Christian Mulanen. Uh, he's leading our D men with two goals, eighteen assists, twenty points in twenty seven games. No surprise that he's leading our defensive unit in Abbotsford because. He dominated last year in the AHL, the time he spent here in the AHL last year. Uh, but he's just a great insurance policy for the big club. And, yeah. you know, you touched on this in the last episode, Kenny. I mean, you've been as bold to say that the bo- the top six in Abbotsford and the bottom six in Vancouver were interchangeable. I don't know if interchangeable was the right word, but there def- there's definitely some interchangeability in there. And I for think sure. that's what you were trying to get at, right? Was uh, that and there's a lot of players in that top six in Abbotsford that could play bottom six roles in Vancouver. Yeah. So it gives us a lot of insurance policy against injuries. Now injuries, knock on wood, haven't been a huge problem this year. We've only gotten better as more players have come back, like Susie. But, you know, it's uh, it's good to know that we have those insurance policies playing down there in the minors for us. Up the up the highway of broken dreams. Yeah, I think Just that's a one the, hour whole, call away. the whole point of having a minor team is to have guys you can call up, right? So it's always good when the guys are actually playing well and yeah, and potentially you, could be called up, not like okay, we call them up, and what was the point of that? For, for sure, for sure, and you, and and to my point last time is is you got guys in the bottom six for Vancouver now that if something happened in the top six, you could move one or two guys up and bring someone from Abbotsford and really not lose much on the bottom six, right? Yeah. And, you know, in regards to that, and, and honestly, the defense is is similar, right? Like, you got guys like McWard, Hirose, yeah. Willannon, you know, Wu. Like, it, the the list goes on where you could interchange him as a, as a seventh, eighth defenseman if you needed to, right? If you needed to, yeah. If and you needed to. Uh, it was, uh, we didn't uh, have that got, last year. Wu still needs to, to keep developing, but he's come a long way this year compared yes. to last year, and I'm just excited to see his prospects continue to evolve. But, yeah, it's it's nice also having it up the road from the – like the players could literally pop their gear in a bag and walk to the arena in Vancouver faster than they could have flown from our previous – Yeah, team, right? was, it, was it the Utah – or Utica comments yeah, or something? The, yeah, Utica. Yeah. Like, where is Utica? Like, no clue. Yeah. I think it's in New York or something, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it was in New York. And yeah. then we had Manitoba Moose before, which is also – pretty far but yeah at least <laughs> but uh, that was better but then yeah when the jets came back they kind of scooped that up and said okay well we're gonna take that over yeah which makes sense but <laughs> yeah it was anyway so it's you know we're, we're still sitting in a bit of a hunt well at least this isn't abbotsford heat radio anyways <laughs> <laughs> oh that was so silly that was so uh, ridiculous. The worst idea in the history of the AHL. Oh man, I couldn't believe that. Right, and they still got people out to the games. That just shows how passionate. Yeah, most, about mostly hockey. just to see the Canucks farm team. Yeah, know? just to, when Manitoba yeah, would play, come to yeah, town, yeah, or the Oilers farm team, because those were the only two times I really came. Or playing like the Marlies <laughs> or uh, yeah. Laval or something like that. Right. Um, well, we're still in the hunt for first first in the division in the Pacific. I know we're falling a bit back. We're about six points back at Calgary right now. We're going into a home home stand tonight uh, this this weekend. So definitely get down to Abbotsford Center, put on the support, and get get going here for the team. Um, we have a soft schedule coming up, so really good chance of making a run back at that top spot in the Pacific Division. Um, you know, but the 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 Pacific is the toughest division in the AHL this year. Yeah, and, I mean, I know that the the boys out there in the Atlantic will they'll they'll cry cry havoc on that and say that we're you know embellishing the strength of Pacific Division, but I do think it's stronger than the Atlantic Division, and I think that the 
winner of the Calder Cup this year will come out of the Pacific. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, well, there's not a lot of points really separating the teams, like, in, no. the, in that division. And well, that's what's making it so hard, right? Eight of the ten teams in the Pacific Division are over 500. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Eight of the ten teams. I think it's seven of the ten teams in the Atlantic are over 500, so they're not far behind. But those two divisions are just miles ahead of the other divisions. But you, know, you got the the team in, in uh, Texas that's uh, you know fired yeah. up too, so they they're going to be a, a powerhouse when it gets into the Calder Cup. And you know we forget about these teams because we don't play them all the time in the AHL season. But when you get into that Calder Cup run, and I do think Abbotsford's going to make a run this year. Yeah, you know these teams, you got to start paying attention to what's happening in the other divisions. So yeah. But uh, yeah, we're um, oh I, my my sheet got completely shifted. That's hilarious. Anyways, so the PWHL, I wanted to touch on the girls, uh, the the women's hockey league. I shouldn't say girls. That that's chauvinistic. I apologize. I'm not trying to mansplain the PWHL here. By the way, everybody, I'm just touching on the fact that it's some darn good. It's some damn good hockey happening in the it's PWHL. Exciting. It's really yeah. cool to watch, and the highlights look great. I just wish Vancouver had a team and we could cover it more, but you know maybe that'll happen in an expansion. But I think this league's gonna. Succeed. How many teams did they have all together? <laughs> I don't know. They're Sam, not sure. can we look that up. Uh, I think it's like six, six or something, and six then, teams so in a lot many, of the main cities. How many games are they gonna play in this season? Like, I think they they tried to do the six teams, six teams in like the okay, original so the to original match the original six teams in NHL. Yeah, right. Like, but I think Minnesota has a team instead of uh, Chicago. As the original six. But, um, yeah, they even got Ottawa in there. And Ottawa was one of the original. Yeah, like that's like before the original six. Yeah, they had they, a bunch of different teams kind of. But um, Yeah, like I don't know. Like obviously I haven't really watched any of it, but I'm all for it, right? Like if mm-hmm. people are going to go out to the games, which I have seen people have been selling the buildings out, so it seems like there's support for it and the fans are there, then you might as well continue with it. But I can only see, like, you know, the same six teams play so many times before yeah. you think it's going to get repetitive and boring, kind of like the COVID NHL where we were watching the same teams play all the time, right? And same players, like... I'm sure there's a lot of cities that are watching this very closely. Yeah. And I could see this league expanding very quickly, like next year, yeah. adding more. Like, I think that to- would be in the benefit of the league myself, but I guess, yeah. you know, you don't want to start too fast because the next thing you know, then there's too much, right? But Well, it would logically probably go to 10 teams next season and then start getting into like a two a two conference system. Yeah. Like yeah. That, I think that would make, you know, make it. A better league overall but but the intensity is high they've been playing they play really hard and there's a lot of speed and there's it's a lot more physical than i thought it was going to be to be honest so they, do they actually hit oh yeah, yeah okay. and they so hit they hard in international hockey they're not allowed to really hit and so. that's the thing that i loved about it because i didn't think that was going to be the case but because they're allowed to hit and there's uh some of these canadian women's players uh they develop uh with a lot of physicality and they they look the there's a there's a there's a not a discrepancy, but there's a divide between the players that you could tell in the PWHL who aren't used to hitting and the yeah. ones that are used to hitting, and they're just like bulldozing players, and it's like, whoa, is this dangerous? Like, I don't know, but <laughs> it's fun to watch. <laughs> well, <you don't>, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Guys can hit. Girls should be able to hit. Like, it's the stop. not being able to take it's a hit, like, though. I'm I know, concerned but about. It's, 
But it's not like they're porcelain dolls. Like no, no, and it's not. It's not, t- not touching on the fact that they're women. Are except they're not that used soft. to. <laughs> that, that in those those but yeah, I guess if they're not, not used, to, used to the physicality, yeah. then it makes a big difference, right? Because you know, but uh, but it sure is fun to watch. And uh, but I think the intensity will probably dial back as it, uh, right now they're proving themselves. They're yeah. like, this is our league. We're going to show people this is world class hockey. They've done that, but. As it's like an eighty-six game NHL season, like as you get into the doldrums in February, yeah. and it's like it starts to die off. So, well, it remains to be seen if the intensity keeps going. But if it, every game is like this, I could really get behind following the PWHL for sure. Um, they got some cool rules in there too. They got the jailbreak rule. Have you seen that? I did see that. Yeah, yeah that's so, an interesting one. So a short-handed goal ends the penalty, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so if you have a penalty and you get a short-handed goal. The penalty stops and your player comes back on the ice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that gives you like more incentive to get out there and try to score a shorthand yeah, goal I like instead it. of sitting back and defending. It's like, hey man, let's actually try to let's end this penalty and let's get a goal. It has yeah. to create offense, oh, yeah. right? It's Both ways. It'll create more create shorthanded more goals. Pressure for sure, yeah. And it'll probably create more power play goals yeah, because well, people are trying to get the shorthanded yeah. goal. Right? Uh, it's a du- it's a double whammy. Yeah, it situation. definitely opens it up for sure. Yeah, anytime you introduce one of those double whammy kind of rule things, it, it usually does uh, create it spurs more more scoring, right? Yeah, and yeah. so it'll be cool to see. But I like the three. You and I were talking about this before the episode, uh, Rexy. The uh, three point games instead yeah. of two, and why the NHL hasn't adopted it's that. Mind blowing, to be honest. Like it makes no sense to award three points in a game that goes past the sixty minutes, and then only have two for one that. Ends early. Yeah, exactly. Like, it makes more sense to have. Why a three are we point. adding an extra point when there should be an extra point on both ends? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. Even it out, and then you wouldn't get these teams that get 10, 12 overtime losses over the year that make the playoffs, and then another team that's got more wins misses the playoffs. Yeah, because they're going to get that extra point with the regulation wins. It's yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. So you're you're advocating for the three points. Oh yeah, system. I have since it came yeah. in. Since yeah. the shootout came in, I said, well, this makes no sense, and it doesn't make sense. Mathematically, it doesn't make sense. Statistically, everything. It just it, do you think it's just that they off can't the whole number thing? Do you think they did that just so it wouldn't throw off the points to- totals for season points on who qualifies for the like those statistics around? Yeah. Oh, you know, like somebody gets. Uh, well, because points, they're yeah, probably now the you're adding kind of an right? extra point to the regulation wins, and then yeah, so then some teams would probably get way more points than they've had before. So maybe that's they're trying to keep it contained there, but it still just doesn't make any sense. So. No, it doesn't for sure. Uh, I tried to look out to see if there were any other weird rules out there in the in the uh, WHL or sorry the uh, PWHL. Couldn't see anything else additional, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Could be, it could be cool to watch that league develop for sure. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, so some generic talk. I okay. Over the holidays, obviously, World Juniors top of my list of things I want to watch. But I also got into this show on Crave TV, uh, Borge. It's about Borge Stalming, the uh, Maple Leafs uh, yeah, D-man. I, I've seen that there is a show. I have not watched it, but so spoiler alert: don't spill right. the beans here. But I've kind of been waiting <laughs> for it to like you know all the episodes to come out, and then I plan on watching it all. So maybe next time I can. <laughs> yeah, it's four, it's four episodes <laughs> in so right now, yeah. and it's not like I'm spoiling anything. It's all in history books, right? So you could yeah, something that a Google yeah. search wouldn't yeah. spoil. But uh, you know, I I was pretty ignorant. To, I'm pretty ignorant to anything pre 1980 uh, for NHL um, players stats. Yeah, fair enough. And 
So I wasn't really... I, I knew of Borges saw me from uh, when Matthias Olin got his eye injury, right? When he lost his eye and, and they... Or didn't lose that, but lost his sight in his eye. Uh, and they referred it to Borges, right? They were like, oh, yeah, this, this is a similar situation with the eye injury. And so it's, it's really cool... Um, yeah, and, and by the way, they do Tarantino the Borja thing. So, like, the first scene is the eye injury. Yeah. And then it's like they Tarantino it back and start back at the beginning. Makes so sense. So, again, I'm not spoiling anything yeah, by no, saying that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a cool show. I highly recommend it. Um, I thought some of the s- scenes in the Swedish side were a little bit – it was like the director – was trying to film the landscape more than the than the <laughs> hockey. Like it's yeah. it's like that uh, the Rumble in the Bronx scenario. You guys you guys ever hear about that? The Rumble in the Bronx back in the nineties when it was filmed here in Vancouver. One of the first movies to really get hit here in Vancouver. And the director was so awestruck by the landscape that he kept panning out to get like the backgrounds of the mountains and everything in every scene. <laughs> and it was supposed to be taking place in New York city. Right. Yeah. Where there's so many mountains. <laughs> and it just turned into this absolute travesty. It's kind of a similar situation where I think they got lost with like trying to film the landscapes and everything of Sweden, but it was, you know, it's really, really cool. It's a good show worth checking out for any hockey fan. Uh, plus it really digs into like the, the, um, uh, organization in Toronto at the time, right? And the, the craziness of the ownership. Yeah, and it was just really, really, really well done. So, yeah. Nice. I'll check um, it out. Yeah, no, definitely on the list of things to watch. So, we'll see. So, McKinnon and Huber Doe. Huber Doe. I'm going <laughs> to say that, right? Like, uh, how, how did that tra- trade pan out for them, right? Oh, it's been really good, I think, actually. Yeah? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's definitely uh, racking up this, this, the goals. Goals from his best. Can he go on a 20-game no, no yeah, goal streak no goals. or something? Yeah, in the 20 games. That's brutal. Best uh, statistically uh, season of his life and then gets traded and has basically been on a milk carton since. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What is the rationale behind that? Like, what what – what can we attribute that to? Just got his golden goose and cashed uh, out? I what? don't know. Maybe it just maybe the players he was playing with in Florida, he had better chemistry with, or maybe he just doesn't like Calgary because I don't know. Most people it's don't, such a likable so. city. <laughs> yeah, like maybe he's just like, please trade me. Going out there and not playing well because he just wants to get out of there. Maybe he wants to go back to the the warm land he came from. So hey, they get know. Chinooks every now and then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the little Chinook here too. Guys, start calling him Chinook. But yeah, That's it's definitely nickname. you know Kachuk has definitely shown that he's a good player, and Hubadoro has become uh, not a very good player. So what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, probably sign uh, him on for another eight years, I guess. Well, probably <laughs> that seems like a, a Calgary move. Just keep for him sure. around. They'll go put him down in the AHL and let their AHL team, the Wranglers, win another Pacific title and. And meanwhile, let their team up in the NHL suffer. Or they could always trade him for Jack Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I had that on my list. No, I don't have it on my list today, but let's talk about Campbell. No, I'm just oh, I don't think anybody wants to talk about Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Campbell doesn't even want to talk about How about, about Samsonoff then? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's another touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> right up the alley with the goaltending there in, in Toronto, right? So, um, But uh, he, uh, they, they were called him on Wednesday. Uh, will that be the wake-up call he needs to get going? Well, I mean, that was the plan, right? They 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 wanted to send him down to help him find his game. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll I guess see. We'll, I guess you'll find out, but, 
Yeah, jeez. Such a loose Such yeah, a roller coaster ride Motel. over there. Yeah. We'll see. It's a roller coaster ride. I was listening to Is it Toronto's the new goalie graveyard, I guess? It's yeah. been for a while, though, really. Like, uh, yes. They haven't had much with goaltending, but I guess like Edmonton's been in the same boat for years, too. Like Goaltending has been a one of the main reasons why I don't think either one of those teams has already got a Stanley Cup, to be honest. So. Well, the the media, like, it takes a certain kind of player to play in Toronto. The yeah. media will tear you apart there. Yeah, like, and, when, uh, and when you're the last line of defense, it's pretty easy to get thrown under the bus, right? So. Oh, absolutely, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, And I think that's what's happening for you straggle sure. back, you're toast. So. Yeah. yeah. So let's not... Let's not talk about the fact that their defense has more holes than Swiss cheese. No, let's talk about the goalie yeah, letting exactly the puck in the right. net, right? <laughs> There's a reason pucks go in the net. It's not always the goalie that's at fault. But um, Cutter Gauthier, I wanted to talk about him. Uh, you know, he's got – he refused to play in Philadelphia, for those that don't know already, if you've been living under a rock. And, um, yeah, got traded to Anaheim, so he cashed in his golden uh, state ticket. <laughs> there, Yeah. I guess he didn't like the city of brother love, or uh, he said it was a bunch of little things that yeah. just stacked up, More and the, probably the team or something. Oh, uh, the, the coach probably has something to do with it. Not a lot of guys, not a lot of young guys. I don't know. There's either young guys that will want to play under torts, and then there's probably a lot more young guys who do not want to play under torts. Yeah, right. torts is kind of a. I don't know. There's a few words I could use, but he definitely doesn't seem like someone I would want to play for. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, hey, real quick before we go out, I know we're almost done, but yeah. St- I wanted to just touch on those 40-ounce tumblers that are out there in the market, those uh, Stanley Cups. I want to get some Toronto Maple Leaf ones made that's in, and have it say, like, our year, and it's, like, the only Stanley Cup the Maple Leafs will yeah. ever hoist. Or, <laughs> or there's always next year. <laughs> there's oh, always God. next year. That's yeah. good, yeah. Well, I think we're running out of time. Man, this is the thing. Every time that we have Tyler on, we always – I know, it goes by so fast. We never have enough time to get everything in, but uh, – you know, well, I, I just we just cut it in, like we just made it, right? We just yeah, made it work. Exactly. Yeah. But hey, uh, thanks for coming on, Tyler. Always yeah, a pleasure. For Absolutely, again, buddy. So looking awesome. forward for the next round. So TA World Tour on Instagram for anyone who wants to yeah. follow him. Uh, Kenny Greencore, my illustrious co-host, and uh, underscore Bush League uh, and Bush League Radio. I'm your host, Carl Lundgren. We're signing off. We've got Chill Rose Place coming up next on uh, Civil Radio 101.7 FM, serving Abbotsford and the Fraser Valley. Broadcasting from the traditional unceded stolo territories. Get out to the game tonight in Abbotsford. You Abbotsford yeah. Canucks fans, go you Hockey's Canucks, back. go.